1: The vicious hammer! Harris, guarded tightly by Lowry, off of the foot at Temple, scooped up by Norm, to the rim with a slam dunk! 24 for 24!
0: Carter comes up shooting, got it!
2: Tuning into the 95 to Infinity Podcast. I'm Brandon Kajoka, Joining me with, as always, is Christian Graffin and Gregory Yeroshotis boys. How you doing today?
0: Stupendous, You're doing Great. How about you, Greg? It's stupendous. Doing... A Raptors win. He... Uh,
2: that's it, right? So gotta keep it positive. How's uh, the life of the of the current father Graffin, and the soon to be father Greg? Are you getting all is is your home basically baby safe now? Uh, that's the next, that's the next step, right? Is to baby
1: proof everything. Just so you know, apparently everything, according to my in-laws can kill a baby. Don't leave graph on the floor, Greg. I'm sure Graf knows all about that.
0: Yeah. if you want to baby proof a room, Greg? It's simple. You just get bubble wrap and you take out all the furniture and you put the bubble wrap everywhere. You're good. I'm on it.
2: To the Simpsons already. So uh, just a reminder, we changed our name. Just to kind of recap from last week. The main reason why we changed our name was, you know, especially within this racial social climate, we thought we were doing a disservice, maybe diluting the Black Lives Matter cause with our with our name. So we thought it was important, you know, to A, vocalize our solidarity and support of the Black Lives Matter movement, and B, come up with a name, you know, that's separate from that phrase. You know what I mean? Um, Greg, is there anything you
1: want to touch base on about the name change quickly? Uh, No, well, look, what you said, right, this is a critical social moment and we're changing the name uh, in solidarity, uh, in support uh, of matters um, of racial equality, but also more specifically, uh, the importance of criminal justice reform, not just uh, in America, but also in Canada. So it's important then to begin the podcast, right, by stating Unequivocally, uh, that Black Lives Matter.
2: And our name is, just to clarify, a test yep. toward the inaugural season of the Raptors, which was in 1995. And this team is going to go on forever. So, Infinity, 95 to Infinity. Uh, before we get to the game, Uh, It's a game one and game two, uh, the opening series of the NBA Eastern Conference playoffs, Raptors and Nets. There's a couple unfortunate tidbits of news that we have to throw out there. The first was involving Adrian Griffin, who is the assistant coach of the Toronto Raptors, who during the NBA bubble got his first win as an NBA coach. Shortly after his victory, his wife released information about a potential case of domestic violence. It was an accusation. Um, I don't know if there's anything too much to unpackage with this. Guys, is there anything you want to touch base on?
1: it's pretty disturbing. Um, obviously, you know, innocent until proven guilty and you don't, we don't really know what's going on between them. You know, he had mentioned some issues regarding child support, back payments, uh, et cetera. Uh, you know, sometimes people have these really nasty custody battles, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's not a good look. Um, and I mean, you know, you hope it's not true, Uh, But it was very detailed, right? Like choking her, throwing her into a wall with enough force to leave a hole, dragging her across a lawn while she was pregnant, uh, locking kids outside um, in cold weather. Like this is pretty disturbing and detailed. And uh, I assume the Raptors are doing their own internal investigation. Mind you, how can you hold someone accountable for something maybe that they did 20 years ago, um, possibly even, uh, that the whole story really isn't being told, right? I'm sure. Look, there's two sides to every domestic incident. I'm not trying to downplay anything relating to spousal abuse. Um, but it's just a very sticky situation that now the Raptors, I think, find themselves in.
0: Graphic got anything to add in my, I just think in my personal view, I'm not really sure if the Raptors did handle it perfectly. um, for waiting. such a model, you know, there's such a good organization, and I mean, look, the, the news came out. It, it was everything that you were referring to, Greg, was in a tweet or an Instagram post. Yeah, that Instagram post. So choking, all that stuff. So that that was her 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 word, right? We don't we don't know what happened in the lawsuit. We don't know yeah. really what happened in court or anything like that. But th- in my point of view, the fact that they had Adrian Griffin coaching a game was fine. But the news broke right in between the second last game in the last game of the season and the last game of the season, they still chose against the the Nuggets for him to coach with all this going on. I don't know if that exactly is the best look, if it's the right move, especially with the statement they put out saying, you know, essentially we're going to support the process. Um, and also the fact that they said they're going to settle these matters on their own. It's almost like they, they're trying to stay out of it completely. I, in my point of view, the, the, the statement wasn't the best, and then the display of having him coach the next game again um, also wasn't the best look. So I'm not sure if the Raptors played it well for some organization that I haven't really seen made too many mistakes in the past.
2: All right, yeah. moving down the list, there's one more tidbit of information that we need to get to. And last year during the NBA Finals, the only negative thing was uh, the alleged shove by Masai Ujiri on a security guard. Um, Lawsuits lawsuits transpired Afterwards Um, Basically what happened was Video of the actual situation Was released Um, Guys, you get to catch the the, the video at all And and what's your view and analysis After seeing that video
0: It's appalling, I saw the video Um, I saw both angles The one, the far angle And then the body cam footage And it, it, to me, it's remarkable that it's all over social media already, but it, it, the, the main sticking point for me is that the police department there, the Almeida police department, decided to press charges, even though they had that video in possession. Um, when we talk about the name change and why we do everything at the beginning. Th- this is the reason why right here. It's because until video comes out, it seems like it, the, the the black man in this situation doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. And it's just an instance where he said in the video, I'm the president of the Raptors, and the guy pushes him twice before Masai deservingly pushes him back. So, I mean, I'm glad Kyle Lowry also was the first one to come in there and get him out of the whole thing, and I'm glad that this video came out, because it's really showing what kind of a honestly, what kind of an asshole this guy really is.
1: Yeah, he had his credentials. Like The video shows, like from the body cam, like he, it shows him take out the lanyard. That's what I thought the issue was, is that he didn't have his credentials, so the security guard wasn't letting him in. And I kind of understand that. If you don't know who
2: the guy is, no, anybody can say that's it. bullshit. I'm that is book. bullshit, Greg. In my opinion, in this situation, if you have if you are at if you're hired as security for uh, a concert, for example, you do yeah. due diligence and you figure out who you are protecting, who are the assets, who are the people you're there to protect. The fact that this police officer responsibility was to protect the peace and protect the players and protect the organizations, and he didn't have any fucking idea who Masai Jury was in the first place, is a bigger issue. You know what I mean? It just comes down to their lack of ability to really be equipped and do their job properly. Like it's insane that, that the Masai Ujiri that was not recognized by this individual, this police officer, at the fucking NBA finals.
1: Y- yeah, I mean, at the same time, I, I don't know. Like, it's not his job to be there as Masai's personal security guard. Like,
2: he's there. The point uh, though, the point is, is that he should know who that individual is and should know that he should full have full access to the court. There should should, no, should, should they win, guard, right? Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying that even
1: still like he showed his credentials so like that the point is kind of moot in that respect so i really don't understand what was up this guy's ass maybe he was just
0: a serious warrior fan i don't know Uh, in 95 he was uh picked up for insurance fraud so i think that shows you what the kind of guy is the scumbag all right moving
2: down the list uh we got some nba action to discuss uh, currently in the opening round of the NBA Eastern Conference playoffs. NBA playoffs, Raptors are up 2 nothing. First game uh, was a little bit of a blowout. Maybe, you know, maybe third quarter, Brooklyn did sort of bridge a gap a bit. But this game was a lot closer, and the Raptors, you know, finally, you know, were able to go up in the fourth quarter after, you know, obviously Brooklyn, I wouldn't say dominating, but, you know, were able to implement their grit and grind. Uh, scheme for the first three quarters. What's your impression of this game, guys? And what do you expect out of us coming game three?
1: Well, look, I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that this is going to be the Raptors' first ever uh series sweep in the playoffs. Um, now that, you know, what does that really mean, considering that the Nets have a hyped up, you know, G League team? um This said, it would still be, I think, a pretty cool achievement and also kind of a necessity understanding that we do have some older players uh, and how important it is to get those extra rest days, how important it is to uh, allow ourselves some time to watch some film and to start to scout uh, our next opponent, which, you know, we don't know yet if it's going to be Boston or Philly, but whomever we play, it's going to be a very difficult series. So I'm expecting a sweep. Uh, And I don't think anything less than maybe, you know, you know what? Not even, there's no more home games for the Nets. So they they shouldn't have an advantage, you know, we should just sweep them and get our rest and prepare for the
0: next round. I mean, in game, game one was a blowout from the beginning. Um, You know, even our subs in at the end. It was a great game. I mean, everything the Raptors did during the regular season, before the bubble even, they were doing in that game. Game two today, a bit different. It was really just our bigs and our free throw shooting. Um, Our bigs didn't show up. Marcus Sol really couldn't shoot at all. Ibaka as well. Um, We ended up having to finish the game with Siakam on Jared Allen, which... um, and, And then again, our free throw shooting was pretty bad today. So put it this way. Today, game two... We played one of the worst games we've played, especially in the bubble so far. Probably our worst game in the bubble, um, other than the Boston one. No, and that's definitely okay. they probably they probably played their best game, right? Yeah. And we still won. So what? I think it's going to be a sweep for sure. I think we're going to clean it up the next game a little bit, especially on the defensive end. Um, Joe Harris got way too many open threes, uh, and again, I think our bigs just need to just to, to step up a little bit better.
2: I thought we did a fantastic job of, you know, forcing Carrot Levert to take those outside shots and closing lane on him. He's probably the most uh, important piece on that team's offense. realistically. he is. Um, alrighty, so any so with the Raptors, you you guys are predicting a sweep, four game sweep. Uh, would you be shocked if Brooklyn took a game against us?
1: Uh, y- you know what? Yes, because again, there's no home court anymore. Before, if if this was. Uh, in the traditional format where the rappers would travel to New Jersey. Yeah. You would think maybe we would do a gentleman sweep. Like they would get one just because the home brooklyn. crowd. Yeah. The home crowd. Uh, under the, under <laughs> the Brooklyn, current, Not New Jersey. What did I say? Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> brooklyn Brooklyn. <laughs> um, yeah. So you would think that uh, at least a gentleman sweep. And that, I mean, if we don't, That might show a deeper problem because good teams take care of business early, right? That's
2: it. Any last points for the? Now we're sweeping
0: them four. What do you say? Four, four. I was saying no, no. We're sweeping them four, 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 four games, four games, Um, and we're facing Boston next. So I think that series might go deep. So we might get a good chance to look at Boston and Philly.
1: Should we? Are we talking about that now? Is that what we're going into?
2: We can talk Boston. about it. We can discuss. So realistically, it's probably going to be Boston in that matchup. Joel Embiid looked like a cadaver on the court last night, just turnover after turnover. Um, how do we match up against the Boston Celtics? You know, we'll, we'll get to this a bit later. But Gordon Hayward, you know, is going to be out for the next couple weeks or so. McCutcheon is going to stretch into the next round. Um, yeah, we'll we talk about the most integral piece of that team, but another guy that you know does move the needle a little bit. So how do we stack up against the Boston Celtics, and how do you see that matchup going down? I don't. Want to jump ahead of myself too much because we are only two up, up to nothing against the Brooklyn Nets. But what are your predictions about that match?
1: So, so Brandon, I understand your Raptors fan to not want to uh, get too ahead of ourselves. I think, however, for the first time, probably you know, maybe not in our history because you could say the same thing last year, uh, with Orlando. I thought it's gonna be a guaranteed series wins. So we can be that overconfident. That being said, uh, the winner of that philly uh boston is philly philly um it will be a a battle i would love to play boston just because we've kind of been circling each other for the last like four years since they they started coming up just about a bit after we did kind of our atlantic rivals um but we haven't seen them in in the playoffs so I would I would love a series between the Raptors uh, and the Celtics. I think the Celtics are going to give us problems, right?
2: Graph matchup wise, what scares you the most with the Boston Celtics?
0: The scariest match, Boston Celtics. I mean, I, I look. I'm always I've always been um, a Jalen Brown guy uh, over. Tatum and overall their other players I think he's going to be great we're going to be really worried about Tatum um, Marcus Smart on the defensive end and Tatum and sorry and Brown on the offensive end those, those are the two matches that were I'd be worried about most but but I'm most looking forward because I do think we're facing Boston I'd be most looking forward to all the matchup changes between Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens uh, That's a really- we know they can go small um, that, that that would be probably the sticking point in the series right there because it's going to be a coaching duel right Greg, on the flip side, what do yes. we
2: bring to the table as an organization that we do better than Boston? What What is one skill set that we have that Boston doesn't have, whether it be in roster, scheme, et cetera? Well,
1: our bigs are better, right? Our bigs are better, and we have more playoff uh, experience. I also believe that we are deeper. That said, if you were to list out the top, I don't know, uh, let's just say they have Hayward you list out the top six players in the series, you know, you maybe put, I personally would put Siakam ahead of Tatum, but you could argue Tatum ahead of Siakam. The point is they're one, two. And then the next, you could say few players, right? Brown or if it's Kemba Walker uh, or Hayward, they have the next maybe two best players and then it's probably Lowry, right? So they have more top end talent. But we have but we have a stronger overall balanced team. I think Boston is a big man away. A couple of years
2: away from their young guns maturing until they're real contenders. All righty. So let's go to the third quarter. Let's talk about general NBA news. We talk about... Um like upsets upsets like two massive upsets went down the last couple of days in basketball one of which was milwaukee losing game one against the orlando magic and on the flip side going to the western conference the team that graffin and i pinned as contenders for the nba championship took the first game against the los angeles lakers going into yes that matchup, sir charles barkley predicted that if portland took game one it'd be a four game sweep greg what do you say about that
1: oh man my words here last week. I said they were not contenders. Um, look, my initial thoughts was okay. Yes, um, Portland can give LA problems because they don't have any point guards to guard Irving. But to the same extent, who on Portland is guarding LeBron James? Like Trevor Ariza isn't there. Um, Zach Collins is now injured. They don't oh, have Mello! a. Me- Try And on that note, Brandon, can I just say, because he spent a lot of time on this. Oh, I'm not making fun of him. I love Portland Mellow. He works hard, right? And he looks like he really just is enjoying himself out there. He's playing team for his basketball. A lot I of like basketball like as
2: well. He's
1: oh, oh no, no, it's great. Like, I actually, this is. The most I've enjoyed watching Carmelo Anthony, because he seems humble. Like he works harder he, on defense, he works harder to rebound. He doesn't over-dribble the ball. Like I, I actually really like it. Um but that said, I, I just don't think that the Blazers have the 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 wing to Top LeBron when it really matters. I, I still think that the Lakers are gonna take the series. I think LeBron was just trying to see if he could get A D to do the heavy lifting.
0: So funny, eh? How Danny Green misses a few threes and all of a sudden a whole other fan base from the Lakers and every single person in social media hates Danny Green. Did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> but he was always inconsistent. He did it with us, and that's what I mean. Look, if you can't survive Danny Green not playing well in the playoffs, maybe your team doesn't deserve to go forward. <laughs> you gotta get the Raptors up, managed to go through fucking it.
2: Fucking court, Jesus Christ!
0: The bread man. Yeah, I mean, look there. I think the core problem with the Lakers right now, because I don't think Portland's sweeping. I wouldn't go as far as Charles. I think it's going to be a deep series. I think it might even go seven games, but I do have the Lakers eventually pulling out because they have played terribly, especially Anthony Davis. But the only chance they have here really, in my opinion is if Frank Vogel steps the fuck up and starts playing some shooters instead of all these bigs. Like mm-hmm. I know Portland is, is good down low with Nurkic, but, but Anthony Davis not being able to play center and out of position is, is, like, I mean, it's a big problem for them right now. They have no shooters on Dion, Jr. Smith. All these players aren't even play because they're so worried about gigs and running minutes and trying to match up against Portland. Uh, Frank Vogel's a terrible coach. Uh, Jason Kidd is even worse. So I don't really see how the Lakers <laughs> are going to adjust unless LeBron really decides that he wants to get more points instead of assists.
1: And that's but that's what he actually. I think you hit the nail on the head. He that's what he needs to do. Now I I can't speak to why uh J.R. Smith isn't playing. I'm only gonna assume it's because he just doesn't, he just not he doesn't have it anymore. He looked lost out there when I saw him. But uh in regards to the bigs, yeah, Anthony Davis doesn't like playing center, and they're trying to um uh give him what he wants, right? That said, um, I think that maybe going small against the Blazers would be a way to get Whiteside and uh, Nurkic out of the paint to allow for LeBron to score more.
0: All right. I agree. And honestly, like, who's this Gabriel guy? He came out of nowhere, too, at the start of the game. He was great. Jumping over,
2: jumping to the Eastern Conference, uh, Graf, we're talking about another massive upset, the number one team in the NBA, the king of the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee Bucks, lost their game one matchup to the fucking Orlando Magic, Nikolai Vucevic put on some magic, Markel Fultz had a great first half, what's your impression on this game, is this an actual cause for concern for Milwaukee, or do you see Milwaukee taking the next four?
0: No, I, I, this is the one series where I'm not too concerned. I mean, the same thing happened to the Raptors last year. Um, the magic are, are a tough matchup, And Like if they catch fire, they have so many, they have so many players that are streaky, right. Between Vucevic and and Terrence Ross and, and like you said, Markel Fult, like exactly. They were all, all of them were hitting their shots last night, especially near the end of the game. So, I mean the only thing I'm taking away is that Giannis is really frustrated <laughs> seemingly and that just bodes well for the Raptors chances at free agency. So uh, but no, the Bucks are going to win the series.
1: I mean if they even if they drop another game I still think that they can win the series. The issue for for Milwaukee is like how do you get back to that level of intensity? And I suppose this is a similar question that the Lakers are asking themselves. You know, how do we get back to that level of intensity now that we're going to need for the next month of basketball? And I, you know, sometimes you need someone uh, looking at you from across the court to really get you going. And I don't know if the Magic are going to do. Usually, Giannis is is good to hype himself up. Uh but yeah, I mean as a Raptors fan, I'm I'm watching to see what happens here with Giannis. Um, because if they flame out this year, and I don't think they will. I think we're gonna see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. But if they flame for out sure, for sure. it could lead to an early exit. Let's right for Giannis. Let's let's just leave it at that.
0: I'm more worried about that series against Indiana or the Heat. Yeah. if for They them. play like
1: they played yesterday, they're not gonna beat those teams. But we're assuming that even if we continue to play like this.
2: Alrighty. Uh, so the last segment I want to talk about for uh, quarter three would be uh, a lot of teams have their favorite, a lot of, sorry, fans have their favorite league pass teams, a league pass team. It's a fun team to watch in the NBA. Maybe not going to win the NBA championship, but they're enjoyable to watch Some less. What is your like league pass playoff match right now? Maybe not the teams that are going to win the NBA championship on the like when you watch it, you just can't turn your eyes off this game, which is so much oh. fun to watch. I know, Greg, you wanted to, you know, <coughs> discuss your love for the uh, for the uh, Clippers and Mavericks matchup. Uh, so good, Graf. What, who do you have? And Greg, can you talk a little bit more in detail about that matchup and why you love it so much?
1: Okay, okay so I'll go first and then Graf can, can share his as well. For yeah, for me, it's the Clippers and Mavericks, uh, you know, primarily because you've got. The best young offensive player in the league in Luka Doncic up against the two premier wing defenders um, in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so you've got, and you've probably got the best defense in the NBA, although right now the Raptors have the best defense technically in terms of actual players. People say that the Clippers have the best defensive talent against the team that's been the best offense in the league. And it really is like a, a trial by fire. for um, you know, a really, he had the Mavericks right in that game. Like, he had them right in that game. I mean, we, even without Porzingis, and I'm going to gripe about what happened to Porzingis in quarter four. But just think about that, right? Like, the kid still wills his team, ends up with, like, almost a 40-point triple-double on a, in his first playoff game.
2: Who does That's that? real, my friend. Remember, uh, you know, I, 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 I think back in the day, I was maybe at the time exaggerating a bit by calling him the next – uh, in- iteration of Larry Bird, but that's not too far fetched. The numbers this guy's putting up, but his ability to improve his team—not just scoring, but you know, improving defensively, uh, his playmaking skills, his rebounding—he's obviously top five player in the NBA right now. And this guy's limited Yeah, and
1: and and sorry, I know we're gonna let graph go in a sec, but you know what else it is about him? Yes, stage presence. Like when that game started, the, the Clippers really sped him up, and he and he turned the ball over a bunch of times, and he didn't get in his own head. Like we've seen so much with players like DeRozan and even Lowry over the years, he never wavers. Right. And you know, he, even when Patrick Beverly is trying to piss him off by slapping at him, he doesn't go for it. Right. So he's, he's got that kind of like Michael Jordan intensity and mindfulness on staying in the moment that I think is so important uh, for, for players to achieve the highest levels of success in sport, much like we saw last year with how Kawhi
0: approaches the game. Look, and I think with that series specifically with Luka Doncic, I mean, he's gotten to the point now in his career where other teams are starting to say, "Let Luka Doncic go off and try to get the rest of the team to try to match him." That's the only way that mm. you know they can really stop that team. And I think that's such a high level of respect for someone like Luka, and he's 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 really, you know, at least in Game One, he's lived up to all the expectations. I mean, look at. I've been one of the bigger Luka critics, and I'm not even a critic. I'm just – I, at the time, I picked Trey Young over him. But, and Marvin Bagley. Um, and Marvin Bagley. Thanks for reminding you me. You know who I did? Divas. Look what happened to him.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, guys. Go on. Jason Kidd, Greg. <laughs> Anyways, um, so moving on. Um, my favorite. Uh, We've already talked about it a lot, though. It's Portland Lakers. I mean, I can't get enough of watching this series. I mean, it's it's definitely the one that's most intriguing. I hate to say it. Like, I love watching teams like the Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers in the regular season. But for some reason, all the Eastern teams, all the Eastern team series don't really – um, appeal to me in any way other than the Raptors. But all the Western ones, even, even Denver and Utah, which I thought would be kind of a boring series, that, that's that been... They match up so well against well, one Denver, another. Indiana, and Donovan Mitchell's been like going nuts. I
2: like Denver, Indiana, just purely because of the Jimmy Butler, TJ Warren, like, fuck you competition.
0: Yeah, and, it's, been, it's been... Yeah, I mean... Look, I, that's the best series in the East right now, competitive-wise, right? So at least there's good that one's probably the one that's going to go past six games, if any of them. Uh, I would say so. It's got, definitely got the most intrigue. Just because you you mentioned there Denver,
1: and uh, again, that was another team that you guys were more high on than I was, and you know what? After watching, it's not just um, watching uh, what's his name Porter Jr. because he, you know, he's going to have up and down times. You know who? I've actually underrated because I don't get a chance to watch him enough because the time zone is Jamal Murray. Yeah, and and right, and and I know, Brandon, you've been on the Murray bandwagon for years. And I've, you know, I like his game. He's a Canadian. I support
2: him. Gamer, it. man. That kind no, of shows up.
1: Yeah, no, he's and that's the thing. Like, like, that's what I was really impressed by in watching him in that playoff game. How exactly what you said, how he's a gamer, right? And the intensity, like he's built, I think, for big moments. And you know, if she because you need a shot maker, and that's what Denver doesn't have, right? Jokic is not really a, a big time shot maker, but if Murray and Porter can take more of those shots, Denver can surprise people, man.
2: All right, guys. Any last uh, things you want to bring up for just general NBA news, or do you want to move on to Greg's gripe?
1: Can we throw a shout out to uh, JV for hitting uh, for getting his first career triple double?
2: Can we give a shout-out for JV for getting e- out-remounted by from for, like, 20-5 like to five or whatever it was?
1: Oh, yeah. The the, the playing game.
2: <laughs> All righty, going to quarter four. Uh, so, one of the biggest, I, I guess, most, one of the most frustrating things to occur in the playoffs so far was last night's game, or a couple nights ago, uh, when Kristaps Porzingis was kicked out of his the game against the Clippers. He, there was a skirmish between Marcus Morris and Luka Doncic. Chris intervened and he was kicked out. There was a previous very soft tactical foul beforehand, so he was kicked out of the game. There was a massive uproar on social media, including LeBron James voicing his displeasure with him being ousted from competition. Greg, why are you pissed off about this? Does the NBA need to change its policy regarding referees calling it technical fouls? So,
1: look, I, I don't even think they need to change anything, but they have to be consistent with what they are enforcing. That's the problem here, right? Because, you know, I, I was infuriated when it happened, right? When, first of all, it was a clean block and you react, uh, which, which justifies, uh, the technical in the, but if you are going by the letter of the law, but we also know that a lot of times officials go by the spirit of the law, right? Where they can kind of tweak things, uh, to not kick a star or whatever. I don't even believe that that did happen. Where because in the second incident, I thought that he actually did deserve a technical for that. The problem is, though, you watch a game like I'm watching the Portland game. Melo is like signaling at the referee like an angry teen every time that he doesn't get a call, slap, you know, yelling in their face, all type of things. And because he has this reputation, he's not getting technical for the exact same thing that happened to Porzingis. So to me, it's about the consistency, right? You're letting players like Mello or Draymond Green or whatever, right? Just be disrespectful right in your face. But the second that a player that doesn't have a bad rap acts a little bit out of character and shows a bit of emotion, obviously, which is going to happen when you make a bad call, you get them a technical. So to me, it's the inconsistencies that the league really has to hone in on, you know, because Mark Jackson says, right, it's not just a make or miss league in shots, but it's a make or miss league in calls.
0: I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, right now, for me, the biggest issue with the NBA officiating is is not just in terms of – I mean, it's not just technicals. It, it's a matter of flagrants versus common fouls, too. Oh, like, we saw you, it in today's exactly. game with OG and Anobi, right? Like, OG got smoked in the face by Kuru – whatever the fuck Bro, like his name is. And, he, he sure. And, um, I mean, look, he literally drops his shoulder into his face and then ends up hit the missing and they go head to head and OG gets the worst of it. I mean it led to the Raptors run. But how is something like that, um, not considered, you know what I mean? Not considered a flagrant foul yeah. when we've heard the refs now because this mba that's been great is we can hear what the refs say when we've heard the refs in the past say he wasn't injured yeah he wasn't injured so therefore it's not a flagrant foul like it's almost like they're trying to go back because they know people heard that so it's trying to let, make it seem like whenever someone gets injured now that it's not always just a flag the ref like was
2: like no downward but, movement or something which was completely fucking ridiculous
0: yeah and it, it's not you know uh, and graph thanks for
1: bringing that up because that's another uh, piece as well to this right um you know, a few games ago or this this was when we played Miami in the uh, seeding games, there was a play when when Dragic literally pulled down Ananobi on the fast break. Like like pulled him down with his right tripped him. How is that and that wasn't called that wasn't called a flagrant. Yeah, cuz he wasn't injured on the play. And but yeah, again, to me, it's 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 the ink. Like dude, again, that call against like, the only chance that the Mavs I thought had to win that series was in Game One. It's very it's it's similar to like when when LeBron played the Golden State Warriors and J.R. Smith fucked up and it went to overtime and they lost because he didn't know the score. It's like they knew they were done after that game. I I think this series is done now because of that bad call. I think that the Mavs might have been able to make this series like more competitive if they had that win.
0: And uh, honestly, this goes back for me because I'm a golden state fan, but this goes back to me all the way. It's just this rule of the technical fouls in the playoffs. When Draymond green, remember when he got ejected or kicking people he in the play dick. one game in the playoffs. Yeah. He couldn't play one game in the playoffs. I mean, he could have got suspended for that separately, but not be I'm not a fan at all. Of suspending people based on the amount of technicals they they accumulate not only during a game but also during the playoffs and how that accounts for a suspension. All players the technical 50 fouls, 50 players, I guess right. Well, technical fouls are essentially just a display of emotion, right? And the referee gets to decide if it's crossing the line or not. We're talking Very about the playoffs, active. and especially since there's there's no fans here. These guys are trying to fire themselves up. How, how are they not, how are they supposed to know what the line is right now mm. Along the fact that if they get two of those in a the game they get kicked out of the game and if they get what seven of them suspended a game it's a it's a rule against refs it's some it's not it's to not abuse refs it's not to to, to penalize players when they're playing with emotion like that play with Presinga specifically like marcus morris is someone who plays with more emotion than anyone he threw a ball off someone's head yeah prazingis did was simply just trying to get away and then he walked away i think the only reason the ref gave him the technicals because he kind of threw the ball at him and and i think the ref saw that as some sort of disrespect but i'm just i don't know in general i'm not a fan of technical fouls in general leading to ejections or suspensions especially during the playoffs. This turned into my grab, didn't it?
2: <laughs> All right, guys. Anything? Uh, anything else to add? Go raps, go baby. Right, sweep, guys, sweep, we, We'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll do a podcast when we sweep the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, the New Jersey Nets, according to Greg. Uh, so we'll be back <laughs> by Tuesday. It's by Tuesday. Uh, you can catch our podcast on TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Apple Music,
0: iTunes,
2: iTunes, etc. Um, all right, go rats go! Down T dot. One point
0: two seconds to
1: go. Vince. Carter- Yes, Miku, the man, the unsung hero.